This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Okay, guys, let's get into this other issue. I am scratching my head trying to understand why in the world. I've been trying to get to the bottom of this since the, uh, since, since this, the Don't Damn Spring Bank group got started. And then, of course, the Sutina piled on as well. It seems to me to be so obvious that the Spring Bank dry dam is not the best solution. It seems to me to be so obvious that the McLean Creek option is the better solution. And yet, we continue to be told that, nope, we've made up our minds. This headline from a story on Friday, NDP sticks to its gun, its guns as controversial Springbank dam price climbs to $432 million. So the McLean Creek option, which would, which would protect more communities, is, is, has an official price tag of $406 million. So, so now it, it has been proven that exactly what the landowners have been saying, once you factor in all the extra costs of engineering and the payouts, is going to cost more, and yet the NDP still sticks to its guns and will not look at the other option. I'm perplexed. I'm hoping my next guest would be able to help sort this out for us. Bruce McAllister joins me now. He's Executive Director of Rocky View 2020. Bruce, thanks so much for being with me again. Hi, Dee. Good to be with you. You're going a little long today. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Rob Breckenridge is off for the next couple of weeks, so I get the extra half hour. It gives me an opportunity to talk to you about this very perplexing issue. So you read the story, and what are some of the things that dro- dropped out, uh, that jumped out to you? Well, the first thing is, uh, you know, we've been saying this for quite some time, right? Like, the cost estimate was inaccurate. So what was presented to all of you out there listening today was that there was a flood mitigation proposal coming in at about a quarter of a billion dollars that would be um, the be-all and end-all for, you know, future future flood protection. And, uh, you know, we did some work. A lot of people did some work and say there's no, there's no way that cost estimate is anywhere close to, to um, actual. And so when they release uh, new numbers that show, you know, what is what is the percentage increase? I'm not a mathematician, but it's, you know, it's it's jacked way up there now, closer to half a billion dollars. Uh, you know, it's exactly what we thought. And and I would just add one more thing. Name the last time a government project came in on cost. So if this is the actual estimate, you can bet that it is going to, it would require a lot more money than they are putting forth. So uh, you know, six, what is it, $600, $700 million? We're talking about, you know, three quarters of a billion dollars probably for a project that isn't in the best interest of Albertans. Well, let's talk about that. So they're saying, here's how they say the numbers still work. So $432 million, I take your point about estimates never coming, uh, the actuals never coming in at the estimate. But here's what they're going to do. They're going to purchase entire quarter sections. And then apparently, once they've finished the construction, whatever they don't need, they're going to turn around and sell to generate some revenue that will reduce the cost to $372 million. And I'm thinking, this is appalling to steal private land from private citizens and then do your development, but make a plan to turn it around and sell it to somebody else when you're done. That, that just seems unethical on so many levels to me. 
Well, it's it's. Uh, I can just see the uh, eggheads sitting around a room coming up with this plan. Hey, I've got a great idea. This is what we'll do. Uh, well, you're not in the business of land development and uh, and and sales, and you don't have any idea how any of these things work. And by the way, the landowners themselves haven't even this, this hasn't even been discussed with them. So I just think, frankly, it was uh, it's another one of their smoke and mirrors, uh, you know, hopes of throwing something against the wall and seeing if it'll stick. Trying to convince people that they can they can make a few bucks back. It'll never work, and it's never going to be done. And it would be incredibly high eth- uh, unethical, as you say, uh, to effectively take land from people and then sell it back uh, and try and make a profit for it. And, and I just want to address the, the the emotional side of this argument because there are people that may may be listening thinking, well. And I've heard politicians do this. They have, they have used the emotional argument suggesting that, hey, we need to protect, you know, 1.3 million Calgarians, you know, come hell or high water, no pun intended. We need to build this. Let's, let's get going here. Everybody involved believes that to be the case. Everybody wants that. But we don't go forward with a three-quarters of a billion-dollar project that isn't in the best interest of us all. And we just think at this point, and frankly for a long time, there have been better options that have not been looked at, that have not been reviewed, that ought to be on the table, dating back years and years and years. WaterSmart did a, did a report, in fact, in 2014, uh, look, reviewing the last 110 years of, of historical documentation. Um, they uncovered a number of possible options that could be implemented as a part of a comprehensive plan for both flood and drought mitigation, and that's important also. And I don't know why we're not talking about these things. Like you said in your opening, it just seems like a group of bureaucrats said, no, this is what we're doing. And the NDP came to power and said, hey, we're not going to build that dam. They came to power, and the bureaucrats got in the back room, and they said, no, we need to do this. Convinced them to, and they're pushing forward full steam ahead with a bad idea. Well, I have to tell you, Bruce, I mean, and maybe I'm being too conspiratorial, but this almost provides the answer that I've been looking for. It's almost like they resent that these historic ranching families have had so much land so close to Calgary for so long, and this is the sneaky way to be able to get it out of their hands so that it can be used for redevelopment and higher densification. It, 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 almost, it, it almost makes the argument about why it is they have just been so dead set on this plan against all reason. Am I being too conspiratorial? Well, far be it from me uh, to accuse you of being such, because I generally, uh, as a you know, twenty-year journalist, try to look beyond the headline and see what's creating the story. I don't know if that's it, Danielle, but I know that there's some, there's more than meets the eye here. And let's just back it up. And again, for some context for anybody listening, that nowadays you're just hearing "build it or don't build it." This was announced uh, two or three days before a by-election uh, was to be held in Calgary, Elbow. So, so first the positive. Uh, then, then Premier Jim Prentice, who I believe to be a good, good man, God rest his soul, is looking at the situation saying, uh, you know, we need flood mitigation for Calgary. We can't go through this again. We need to act quickly and we need to find something. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and, and we've, we've got a couple of reports and, and bureaucrats suggesting let's, let's do it. We need to do it. There's the positive. Now, the con side of that is this. You've got a by-election coming up in Calgary Elbow where the candidate... Uh, again, a guy I, I quite like uh, needs needs uh, needs a bit of an advantage. Well, isn't that a wonderful advantage to go to take to the doors and suggest that we, hey, we've got you covered. We're going to build this project. Now, it may have all been done in good faith. It may have been partly political. In any event, 
Enough information has come forward since then, not, by the way, without great work from a lot of uh, people that care enough about Alberta to spend money and try and uncover these things, to suggest that a pause, a reboot, is needed. And what are we dealing with these days more than anything, more than flooding? What, what do we need help with? Well, we need help managing the water when it comes down so that we can irrigate afterwards. D- drought, right? It, it, exactly. So, so you know, McLean Creek provides these options, but it's not just McLean Creek. If you look at WaterSmart's report, there are uh, numerous uh, proposals presented. And I think to the leadership, frankly, of Chief Crowchild at Sutina. And I can't speak for the chief, and I would never uh, be so um, be so inclined to, to think that I could. But what I've heard the chief say repeatedly is they would like to see uh, the land used in the best possible way uh, to to provide for everybody in this region, and that is uh, flood protection. That is drought protection. That is some kind of a wet reservoir that does both. And, and you could have a comprehensive strategy where you use the McLean Creek, where you, you approach the chief and you talk with him potentially, and I know he'd be willing to meet and, uh, and come up with some better solutions. Uh, there's just so much about this that stinks all the way to high heaven. Well, and I think you're right. The other part of it was <laughs> that we were sold on this idea that it would just breeze through the regulatory process and it would be a much cheaper, not only we've talked about that, but faster process. Th- 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 this is not going to be cheap, number one, or fast. Now that we've got Sutina weighing in, for good reason, because their communities aren't going to be protected by this. Uh, under the McLean Creek option, not only would it protect Sutina, but Redwood Meadows, Bragg Creek. So you'd actually end up protecting more people. Plus, there's also an additional environmental review. It's almost like all of the justification we were given about why we couldn't even consider this alternative have now been mm-hmm. swept away. Well, precisely. And, uh, you know, I think back to my time in uh, in public office, and I know how you can get uh, what we, we used to refer to as dome disease, and uh, you know you're 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 you know you're under that dome, and you're hearing from all of those insiders, and uh, you're you're not necessarily out and about listening to people, and you're not considering all sides of the story. That at times, now we tried and worked very hard uh, to make sure we didn't do that. And by the way, I would I would uh, I would put to you without putting my shoulder out, uh, patting myself on the back, that our opposition was very very effective in the things that we accomplished because of that. And what I'm watching here now is a government that has dug in. It has been given countless outs. I mean, Minister Mason, who I always believed to be a reasonable guy, I quite liked him. I know you do, too. Uh, I like him more in opposition than I do in government, and hopefully he'll find his place back there soon. (laughs) Um, Sorry, I couldn't resist. Uh, But I believe him to be quite reasonable. And, And I think it would be real leadership at this point to say, okay, hang on, easier, cheaper, faster, well, we're four years in and we're not there, and this thing is bogged down worse than ever. Uh, cheaper? Well, we've, we've doubled the cost, and in reality, we think it'll probably be a little bit more than that. I think we need to have a meeting with all of the people in the room here uh, to see what some of the, what, what some of the other proposals are. Let's, let's have that discussion. And do not let the people into the room that are pitching the project because they stand to benefit from building it. If you're one of the firms bidding on it, and one that's continually uh, uh, used, and I'm not soling the reputation. They do great work. But if you're going to if you're going to make tens or hundreds of millions of dollars from building something, 
I don't think your your opinion on that it needs to be built ought to be factored in. You're not quite uh, indi- you're not able to give that independent analysis. Now, let me ask you: Do you think that there's much hope that what you're proposing will happen? Because what you're proposing seems to make an awful lot of sense. Just press reset, go back, see whether or not there's a way to come to a conclusion that will actually work for all the parties. Do, do you get yeah, any but, sense that that's going to happen? Well, I'm I'm an eternal optimist, you know. And if anything, I've been accused of collaborating a little too quickly. Uh, you know what that's like, but I don't. Uh, you know, I don't think that we we we, uh, we do ourselves any favors these days. When I watch the headlines, even provincially, and I watch the you know, UCP leadership and all the rest of it, when it gets down to this, us, they, we, them, this way or that way, I'm right, you're wrong. It never it never gets us to a proper solution. Now, I, like I said, I believe Minister Mason to be very reasonable. Um, certainly, in the past, in any dealings I had with him. I would hope that at some point, the people around him, it won't be the bureaucrats that have been pushing this from day one. Maybe <laughs> Premier Notley's office, I'm not sure. Uh, but I would hope that somebody would say, you know, refresh, guys, we need to go back to the drawing board on this. So I'm optimistic. We're going to keep pushing for it. We're working on that. You know, um, you know, at Rocky View 2020, we, we represent 400-plus landowners, some of them in Calgary, uh, most of them in Rocky View County, some in Foothills. Uh, all all pushing for a common-sense solution to this. Well, keep us up to date if you make any progress on that. Sure appreciate your time today. Anytime, Danielle. Good you to talk to you. got it. That's Bruce McAllister, Executive Director of Rocky View 2020. Your thoughts? 403-974-8255. We'll be right back on News Talk 770. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.